0: Welcome to Zero Ambitions. This is part two of our chat with Tanya Jennings. Um, there's a little bit of overlap because it felt like we needed a bit of a, a run-up to get back into the conversation. If you ever listened to the first part, please go back to Tuesday's episode. Otherwise, all the usual things like subscribe, share, uh, subscribe to Passive House Plus, join ACAN, join the AECB, all those things. Um,
1: yeah, enjoy this.
0: All right, cheers.
1: Bye. So. Uh, you know even back then in 2019 we thought it would cost 85,000 per home we thought we'd you know we we do x amount at that number our phase 2 we could get it down to 75 and 3 years time we'd have the whole thing down to 55,000 and that's enough anybody could afford it and we could offer it to leaseholders and freeholders and it would just be so great and, and then all of these cost of living things have come up you know i think we're well over a hundred thousand per property. Now I know of another borough who came in a bit later, they've agreed to something like 125,000, um, better than a new build, better than knocking it down, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a massive commitment. And you and I, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're, you're doing all right. I couldn't go out and afford to do that on my own. And no, 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 e- see, even see at 85, volunteering on
2: podcasts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, th- but this is what I'm saying. Even at 85, 75, 65, yeah, yeah. most people are not going to choose to do that. You know, there's some, um, not, not most. And, and trying tell to you, what are the numbers like hard. for
2: delivery in the Netherlands? Like what, I mean, I know, not, I know it's no point in saying how much it costs, but like comparably, where are they in their economies of scale for how much it costs to deliver? Because this they're talks a little it. bit about what Dan mentioned earlier around existing technologies and getting what's getting in the way today, you know, right now, as opposed to a wholesale reimagine and what Alex talked about, which is sort of a cultural thing as well. Those things have got to be like massive blocks. And different-
1: they're so different, though, and I think these are these are the policy mechanisms that we are trying to bring in. So there's, there's three things I'll talk about. There's the offsite manufacturing piece. Uh, There is the government legislation that allows some of these costs to be included in rents, um, whether that's actual rent or service charges or a a comfort charge. Um, And then there's, there's just some political drivers that are different. So the offsite manufacturing is the biggest piece. you know, we had hoped to do that here. there are some offsite uh, solutions here. um melius homes have done most of the properties up in nottingham to this point. uh great company really embedded in Nottingham. Um, they're almost kind of a quasi governmental (laughs) offshoot now because they're pretty much only working for Nottingham. They're, you know, they're talking to other people, uh, great offsite, still a small business though, you know, Mm. 10, 10 to 15 people working there probably. Um, you know, I've been to the factory it's great, but they're still social distancing. So their, their scale is maybe not what they would like to be. Um, BD Passive, a uh, really well-known company, mm-hmm. BD Passive are great, love their product. Um, it's well, they came to
2: amazing. Retrofit Reimagined, actually, BD yeah. Passive
1: did, shout out. Yeah, and, and BD are building to the Passive House standard, which is excellent. That's actually not what we needed for Energy Sprung. We we don't need that high to meet the outcomes of 50 kilowatt hours uh, mm. that, we're, that we're aiming for they were not willing to change their spec because they've said we're a passive house company this is what we build to we're not going to lessen our product to meet your less lesser outcomes and i get that but it was so prohibitively expensive especially if you've got something like an end of terrace gable ended property well that's that's just far far too much (laughs) we don't we don't need that so that's a challenge um uh, Osborne is another one of our delivery partners. They've developed their own off-site solution that will be trialed, I think, in two of the projects. Uh, great company, a lot of them are based out of High Wycombe Family Run company. We're, we're excited to have them as part of our partnership. Um, and we, we've just started exploring with a company called Ultra Panel, which currently do roofs, but they're looking to get into the off-site manufacturing um, kind of computer to machine for walls so we we are exploring with uh with ultra panel hopefully to do a couple of our pilot projects um maybe as many as five of the flats that we've got coming up um so i there are solutions here but for the most part it's just not the scale uh and it's that that scale that we need both both in terms of volume and money but also Physical space. I mean, the warehouses where these things are being built are massive. the 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 machine that cuts the window out of the walls, it's wider across than my whole flat. It's it's just a massive piece of kit. Um, and to have that kind of space. That's a company um, in Rotterdam called RC Panels. Uh, well worth following on LinkedIn and things like that because they're they're great and show a lot of videos of their work. Um, so there's that piece of it that they've invested a lot into that offsite piece, which has so many benefits. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly skilled work, but it's not accredited work. If if you understand my idea, you don't have to go to school to learn how to do this. You don't need to have a two year apprenticeship to learn how to do this. Um, and, and some of the heating pods are the same. So we, we went to visit, um, Oh, it's another zero one. Everybody's zero something. Now. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come to me. We went to another company that, that do these uh, energy pods, essentially. Um, there's some companies in the UK that are doing this uh, Ventiv, Vestemy, a few others um, where it's your air source, heat pump, the ventilation system, the solar controls, the water tank, uh, and one other thing. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're all in one pod, and it's plug and play. You know, they've got a few different versions. Some go in slope roofs, some go in flat roofs, some go in the garden. Um, and what they actually have is an arrangement with Mitsubishi, where rather than buying the whole heat pump and then tearing out the pieces they need, they're just buying the pieces they need now. That goes into the bottom. You know, you don't need heat pump, big, huge, bulky thing. It, it's a few inches of their kit is actually yeah. that uh, they're also now exploring a partnership with Sunamp, um, who are based in Scotland um, to look at a water heating solution that doesn't need the big giant water cylinder. So we've, we've got some of those partnerships are already starting to be built uh, but a lot of what we're talking about are things like circular economy and you know, making sure that we're not having so much embedded carbon. Because what would be the point of taking the sun amp that's built in Scotland, shipping it to Rotterdam and then shipping the pod back to the UK? Well, that's stupid. Nobody wants that. But if we could get their technology here and just build it in Scotland or England or wherever, um, then we've reduced the embedded carbon in those pieces. So it was really great to see how much of that innovation is happening and, and where the partnerships already are. And we're trying to learn from that. But I, I think that when we started this process three years ago, we just thought it would be so much faster. We, you know, and and maybe some of it was um the used car salesman problem. We were, you know, we we were all so excited. You see the videos and you're like, oh, we could do that. Well, no, we can't because we're just not there. Um, you know, you you can buy the pieces from the, the Netherlands. You can have them shipped over, but you're going to pay an arm and a leg for it.
0: So are there I'm promising sure. signs like of things getting better? Because like we've started off with this really positive story, the first instance, and it's got bleaker and bleaker the more we've moved through it, <laughs> which <clears> is I, like I the reverse of one of these Story, I don't though. think
1: it's bleak. I, I think that, um, if the ultra panel system does what we hope it does, aces, very lightweight. Um, <laughs> we were joking it's lightweight enough that two women could put a panel up. but but it genuinely is. and and actually, I, I quite like that. You know, you don't need crane because a lot of these systems, if you look, I mean, we're talking huge panels. these are these are, you know, 10 meters in some cases they're big so they have a vertical panel and but you and actually arguably it should be that people can do it without damaging themselves never mind what sex they are
2: but like right. we shouldn't be like loading people up <laughs> Sorry, Alex, what were you gonna say is
3: there is there something also about the building typology that might be different over there in the netherlands uh, or, or, just, because it's an aspect extent.
1: I mean, to some extent, but I think it's like everything that there's no one solution, and and they recognize that. I mean, obviously, energy sprung is great for little marshmallow boxes. Mm-hmm. So it, the the more marshmallowy boxy your house is, the better. But even some of the solutions that we're seeing now, um, one of the one of the RC panels, they're they're starting to look at. Could our, could the next generation, uh, build in the round because, you know, uh, certainly in Ealing, we have a whole lot of Victorian terraces and bay windows are such a challenge to retrofit. So what if instead of a flat panel, you could do a semicircle? and what would that look like if you could mass produce, you know, essentially a passive house bay window, mm-hmm. glue it right to the front of your house, aces. Um. But for right now, you know, the, the houses that we've chosen um, and that most of our, our innovation partners have chosen are just boxy pieces of crap. They are cracked render, broken lindels, single glazing, you know, um the the ones in Ealing, a lot of the questions we've had, well, oh, it's got to be really hard to get it through planning. I'm like, not on an estate where they're brick on the bottom, render on the top. Render on the top, brick on the bottom. All render, all brick. There's no uniformity, you know, because these were built 60 and 70 years ago. And so much has happened to them since then. But at least the base typology is the same. So the estate that we're doing our 44 houses on, we're doing 24 flats on the same estate. We have 600 properties there. They're not identical, but they're as close to identical as you can get in London, You know, they're as close to cookie cutter as you can get. And I think that most of the boroughs will have some estates like that, where if you just find a solution for one or two of the houses, you've found a solution for a thousand of the houses, Um, you know, within reason measurements will be different things like that. And, and that's where we're trying to replicate. And I think we're getting closer, Um, you know, certainly with, so we started with the four innovation partners, um, the founding mothers, because most of us are women. Um, but now we're up to, I think, nine. And and there's more that are, you know, kind of thinking of coming in on, on the next wave. So we work with the GLA to to sort of get this framework going. Um uh the it's part of the raw hip, the retrofit accelerator homes um innovation partnership. So between kind of the GLA's input, we ended up actually getting some funding from the EU Interreg. Um, they've got a program called the Must Be Zero, multi-story, net zero. So we, this is how we've ended up doing these extra 24 flats on the back of the houses that we've got the SHDF demonstrator fund money for. So we've now got some EU partners, which has been great because now when I go to the EU meetings, it's partners from Germany, Italy, France, the Netherlands, uh, Spain a few, I think there's a couple from Denmark. And so then it's like, oh gosh, okay, now it's not just UK based innovation. It's what's the innovation in all these other countries. And then really the learning starts, Um, you know, they're doing some schools in Germany with this model, which is great. So I, I think that there's a lot of potential there to build on what each other are doing. Every property we do, we're getting a little bit better. Um, you know, uh, Energy Sprung UK released a report based on the first 67 houses uh, that were done. So that's primarily Nottingham, Sutton, uh, there's five out in Malden, in Essex, um, and thereabouts. So of the first 67 houses, the ones that are performing the worst of the Energy Sprung houses are still 40% better than the national average in terms of energy use. So I mean, that's really quite telling. And the ones that are performing the best have a 70 to 75% reduction of energy over average UK energy use. That's huge, especially in a crisis like right now, where every kilowatt hour that you're having to buy from the grid is just, you know, bankrupting people. So there's a lot of great innovation coming there. Um, But, you know, we still have a ways to go. We're still, the, the whole program is really reliant on heat pumps. Um, some of the first ones they did in Nottingham, they did put in ground source, um, but then they've, for for some of the ones that had a bit more area where for the denser properties, they're now putting in heat pumps. Um, we're doing heat pumps in ours. We really wanted to use the graphene heating. It, it's maybe not there in terms of being able to actually plug it into a PHPP model, have it kick out, you know, what you need. So not for this round, we'll, we'll try it again in the future. Um, But I I think those are the real challenges still are, do we have solutions that aren't just heat pumps? Uh, The water solution continues to be a challenge for everybody. Um, I think each of our innovation partnership projects are trying a slightly different water solution uh, and then we'll see what happens.
3: (laughs) One of the things I'm wondering, it might be a bit naive on my part, but it feels like we're trying to, uh, we know that we're putting in heat pumps and it's become just this thing, like put a heat pump and it'll fix everything. But what I keep wondering, the more I have these conversations or when I just look around at what's going on, isn't it? are we not trying to find just literally trying to put one thing to, to heat a building when we should be starting to think more in a, a bit of this and a bit of that? Actually, there's multiple strategies that we could put together. They're not necessarily very expensive either. And actually, as they add up, in an energy efficient home, of course, I'm not talking about uh, a leaky home here, yeah. then that would be something better than just trying to constantly think about, let's just make something. Uh, like a heat pump, and that will just solve all our problems.
2: Yes, we should move away from trying to find this one solution bit to just push madly. And it's about that moment of understanding. It's what Marina talked about on the last podcast around first understanding what it needs and then working from a wide range of tools because we understand how they all interact with each other it's that moment of understanding but it's like you know the thing that joe also talks about in in the heating hub that people even before we start making amendments to buildings to even understand how the building that we have at the minute works like those moments of understanding but then understanding all the tools out there that tanya is showing an amazing hand at being able to understand how that bit works and that bit works and be able to try and pull them together into solutions. So we need that thing that Dan mentioned early doors in this podcast around the, the general knowledge of understanding of how all those things may work and then having the skills to know who to speak to, to bring them together into a successful project. So it's not that we have to understand them all on a very, very finite um level but that we do need to understand how they interact with each other and then who is that expert to go to to pull them together to make them really successful
1: um so it's absolutely that approach alex i think you're spot on but also people just get pilot fatigue you know i I, i'm just so tired of pilots it's like why do i need to pilot something that 20 other people have piloted and sarah you and i talked about this when we chatted last week is who holds where is the repository of knowledge for all of these pilots so we don't have to keep piloting? And is there a way that we can measure so that we can compare apples and apples? Like, I don't want to be comparing apples and kiwis. You know, mm. I, I need to understand what was the typology? What was the heating source? What was the water source? And And I don't want to have to go out and do a hundred pilots myself and say, I'm going to insulate everything. And then you get a storage heater, you get a infrared, you get far infrared, you get a heat pump, you get a gas boiler, you get a combi boiler, you get a back. I mean, who has time for that? Mm -hmm. We have less than seven years to save our goddamn planet. And we're still doing pilots of 10 homes. Yeah. I mean, what a crock poo. So... (laughs) we just we need to get on with it and not let option paralysis trap us in this like mentality that you've got to trial everything like just do it i mean maybe this is me being too oregon i'm just like just do it just listen to nike maybe they're right in this instance. just do it quit fucking around well i think
0: everyone's Um, sick of it like i spoke with a supplier yesterday who uh this was with regard to the, the Ealing challenge that we were talking about. They said quite explicitly, we don't want all them either. We're just doing a few bits. Like, we we do this for a living. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to prove myself anymore. Like, yeah. I want the whole thing. And that's a and challenge it's a, when it comes to and the it's bureaucracy part. Really valid-
1: Yeah. It's a really valid point. And this is, you know, going back a little bit to what Alex is asking about, what does it take to to move forward? You know, when we've gone and said, okay, well, we're going to do 44 houses. And for us, that feels like a lot, you know, I mean, the commitment to get my borough to pay for 44 houses, even when I've got, you know, some grant funding. And then I came back and I was like, oh, hey, I got some more grant funding. You can give me some more money out of that HRA, right? You're not using that for anything, right? And then I'm talk them into another 24. Well, now I've got a commitment to do 78 properties and I better get them right, or I'm never getting another penny. <laughs> so no pressure. But but 78 to me feels huge. 78 to the suppliers of the pods, well, that's barely enough for them to get out of prototype stage. Yeah. They need a commitment for 500. And so that's where the innovation partnership was supposed to be. We'll all come together. We'll commit to doing 500. Well, then the prices have been crazy and the timelines have been crazy. And talking people into doing it apparently is really hard. And like, I would like to give you £100,000 of work. And they're like,
2: nah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I think this is maybe a nice place to look at and then draw to a close. But the engagement with occupants or operators of the buildings, how much of the funding are you allowed to spend on that? I bet not very much. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that an absolutely crucial bit? Like people rightly will feel concerned about disruption or bad potential projects or being an experimental, you know, case study, being a statistic, mm-hmm. not being willing to like, let these things be ha- happen to their homes. Like, but people are also not stupid. So if the time is spent explaining properly how this might affect their lives, improve their lives or why it, it is being offered anyway in the first instance, like how much do you get to do that beyond just your own extra bits of heroic human effort time that you put into it to make it stick because you know it's valuable? Like,
1: is that resource properly? no is the short answer, but part of that's my own fault. Um, I really should have, well, I should have started earlier. Um, I should have started more explicitly. You know, we, we sent letters out saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this project. Um, we'd like to get some information data from you. So we had kind of a, a pre-comfort survey. So on a scale of happy face to sad face, you know, is your house warm enough in the winter, cool, cool enough in the summer? Do you have noise pollution, air pollution? You know, do you know everything about your neighbours because your walls are so thin? But um, Tanya, so
2: we, I kind of meant on a big <coughs> scale because I don't doubt that yeah. you put your energy into doing things and it wasn't meant to be a, did you, you know, fund this property? Right, Europe but, but
1: this, is ac- this is across the board. I think that we, you know, and you're right, that there's a few pieces of this To Do we as a borough do a good enough job of showing what are our intentions? You know, yes, it's all fine and good that we released our energy strategy. We've got a climate action strategy and we say, we're going to get off gas by 2026. But then I go to residents and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take your gas out. We're going to give you this big retrofit. You're going to do what now? You're not taking my gas. You're not taking my gas oven. And you wouldn't believe how many people just, they, they turned down all of the works because they can't get rid of their gas oven. And, you know, and and it is hard because you want to have a balance of being understanding and saying, I get this is a big transition. We want to help you through the process and being like, look, it's not a question of if I'm going to take your gas away. I am going to take your gas away and I can either take your gas away now and give you this massive retrofit, solar panels, battery storage, you know, a brand new cooker at my expense, not yours, or when your boiler breaks down i'm not going to replace it with another boiler you're going to have to get a gas cooker on your own because i'm turning your gas off you know i mean so, i i don't want to be that way and so there's this huge piece of work that we just as a nation need to do to help people understand now is where we have to get off gas and and this is a deep deep piece of work um there's uh I think it's Imperial College is doing a good piece of work around um the the propaganda that went into getting people to sign up for gas in the the 70s and 80s and high speed gas boiling water in a minute and you know a, and there was genuinely every magazine every newspaper had articles and ads about high speed gas get into this and we now 50 years later have to say that was great it was a stopgap. it was what we needed at the time to get you off coal but you've already got a microwave you've already got an electric kettle you've probably already got an electric oven this is just the next step
0: so now
1: we need to get rid of the gas
0: isn't that gas story a busted flush already though <laughs> like uh with the way <laughs> energy markets have gone right now like it's a whole different picture you
1: you would think, and and we've had to be really explicit when people have refused these works. We've had to send a letter and say, there's no going back from your your no decision here. We We have a plan of work. We have funding deadlines. If we don't spend this money by, you know, essentially December, January for the first round, it's just gone. So if you come to me in February and say, oh, I really wish I'd done that. My neighbor's house looks great. Can you do it? Well, the answer is no. Like yeah, I'm still gonna have to take your gas boiler out when it breaks down. I'm still gonna have to help you transition off of gas, but but isn't the price it, motivating people in a way? Like I'm I'm some move, people yes
0: we move but, in a couple weeks, but not of weeks. everybody. All right, fair play. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, we're moving in a few weeks, and for the first time, I'm looking at the gas hob and thinking, you know, having used electric for the last fifteen years, oh well, no, ten years, and thinking, oh no. <laughs> Like, oh, cooking's going to get a lot dearer all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, I just wonder how much that's going to filter through the market. Like, I totally get your point, but. uh...
1: I I guess it just depends on what people's motivators are. And and it goes back to this disruption issue. You know, when it was going to be 10 days on site, I imagine there's a lot of people who would be like, heck, yeah, 10 days, new life. Where now we're kind of saying, hmm. Depending on if you're a mid terrace or an end terrace, it's going to be eight to twelve weeks of hell. Sorry about that. <laughs> and but on the other side of it, you will genuinely have one of the most efficient houses in the UK. You know, you you will tell your friends; they will come to visit your beautiful, shiny new house. But it's still really disruptive. And primarily, I would say that the people that we've had that have are refusing the works um, tend to be older. That, you know, and obviously, if somebody's got terminal cancer, I'm not going to force you to have a retrofit. Fine. Next, we'll we'll come back to you later. Um, If you've got dementia, I'm not turning your whole world upside down. I get that. It, it's the people who are just kind of like, uh, I'm too old. I don't want to change. It's like, but you're going to have to. And and that's the piece that we're trying to be delicate. I I realize right now I don't sound delicate about it. <laughs> like right now, I'm like, shut up and take my money. I've got grant funding to spend. I don't want to give it back to base. But in these conversations, we are really trying to say, I do not want you to have a 3,000 pound electric bill next year. Mm. And I know the performance of your house because we've done monitoring, you know, we've put in equipment to see. And these the reason these houses were chosen was because they're crap. They have monitored them. And sure enough, they are crap. They are cold. They're damp. They're moldy. and it's so hard for me to say please don't put yourself through this and and there's the whole landlord piece of it as well i'm not the one collecting rents i you know i don't really have any skin in the game but as a whole i understand that if you're a landlord you have to realize that if you don't improve your properties at some point during this crisis your residents are going to choose to keep the heating on not to pay their rent and certainly in a social landlord perspective if if your hra if your revenue budget is dependent on people paying their rents if all of a sudden 10 percent of your people can't afford to pay their rent that's your your energy efficiency budget for the next year has gone down and you know and it's hard so we we've introduced a comfort plan with ours controversial in some circles not in the netherlands they just they it's a service fee everybody gets it you just pay it Trying to explain the comfort plan model to residents has been a real challenge. Um, You know, essentially we're saying you're not going to have a gas anything anymore. So you're therefore not going to have a gas standing charge. Uh, We're going to reduce your energy needs down to probably about 20 to 30% of your current energy needs. And your solar panels and thermal stores will cover probably about 75% of your energy needs. So really you're paying. 25% 25% of the 20% that's left. The basic math. And we're saying you're gonna pay the council 10 pounds a week, period, for that. And that helps us keep solar panels clean, change your filters on your heat pump, all of that. And it you know, essentially goes back into the kitty. So what we're saying to people is. As a whole, about 75% of your energy is going to come from your solar panels and battery storage. And for that, you're paying the council about 500 pounds a year. So They're not going to guarantee 500 pounds a year for 75% of your energy for the next 30 years, but I will. So but they th- still are resistant because it's new.
0: Yeah. Well, this is like the solution. Every time we have one of these conversations, the solution at the end of it appears to be ESCO. Like an energy service company imagined in a different manner, not just reducing your bills a bit, but causing you to rethink it. And that's where this sort of esoteric reimagining becomes a lot more practical. And it feels much more tangible up to the point where you just start describing it as comfort. And culturally, we're not used to comfort in our homes in this. this oh, uh,
3: yeah. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the problem that you, Tanya, you've been describing, you're, you're giving some really good examples or reasons as to why people should have this. But I don't think that many people actually know what you well, it's not just you obviously, but what people, what you're talking about. I mean, it's imagine like again, uh talk to talk about talking about our grandparents. When we moved from the VHS to DVDs, here, grandma, here's a brand new remote controller. It's got one thousand more buttons than the old one. But it's much better. You should use it. It's really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, I mean if, where, do
3: I, where do I put my VHS tape in this? That's what I want. I want my VHS tape to fit in it. It's, That's the sort of conversations that we're having if we actually transpose yeah. it to another paradigm. I
0: mean, it's worse than that, Alex. Like there is almost it, there seems to be a performative badge of honor of people having had it hard, and expecting well, that no. other people should yeah. continue to have it hard. Like I, the amount of people on all the social media networks saying things along the lines of, "Well, when I grew up, it used to ice up on the windows." It's uh, to
2: keep calm and carry on. Don't rock the nah. boat. Just you know, absolute rubbish. Gosh,
0: okay,
2: well
1: that, that's. It point. is
3: that's, hard. That's just too yeah. bad. I mean, if if you say yes, uh, this is uh, my my old leaky house with uh, you know with terrible mold everywhere, and I'm really proud of it. Well, okay,
1: yeah. well, there's not
3: much you can do about that. But there's there, there's a good friend of Dan and I's that we were talking to uh, about changing windows, and the conversation I, we I quickly brought it to you know, have you considered putting in proper. Uh, maybe triple glazing or some very efficient double glazing. And it it wasn't that he wasn't interested, but he just didn't know where to start. You know, Sarah, I asked you for some recommendations about this because the whole concept of retrofitting his home is not that he's against it. He just, there was no point where I could actually have a a common ground on which to talk about because now that I am part of this industry and understand it, I can have these conversations with people like us. But when you bring it to people like I was before, before I even got into this, they just don't know where to start. And that's also one big problem is that we have not found the language to help them understand what is at stake. And as much as we throw numbers and we talk about warmth, et cetera, I don't think that it just fits into our brain as we think about it now.
2: I think um, that's a really really good point and a really good place to talk about um, a collaborative space that's coming up very, very soon. And by the time this podcast goes out, it will be a matter of days away. Before um nearly all of the podcast hosts will be in Scotland at Best Fest. Uh Zero Ambitions Podcast will be up there. I will be there. Jeff will be there. Sadly, Dan won't be there in person, but they're in spirit. Duncan and Jeff um, should be there. But also some of the organizations oh, yeah. that you mentioned earlier, Tanya, Sunamp. And we're going to be there. ACAN are going to be there. All sorts of wonderful people. Some of our past guests have been there. And it's essentially a big moment to come together and share knowledge. And uh, we'll put the link to that event in the show notes afterwards. Yeah. What a lot that we could keep going further and further into, I feel.
0: Well, yeah, I think you're right. Your intimation that perhaps we need to wrap it up is uh, fair. I I just think this is like three
2: conversations that we need to like come back and talk to you, Tanya, about the procurement things and more about energy's Brown and there's the whole cultural transformation bit.
0: Well, perhaps we talk about procurement once we've delved into it a bit more. I mean, this is for, this would need to be edited, but...
1: Uh. (laughs) No, I mean, I I just had a conversation with our procurement people today as well, because obviously we're getting ready to put this big SHDF bid together. We're putting together a bid for another two years of the HUG program. Um, And it is about how do you, you know... Do you just use the Fusion 21 framework? Do we keep using WarmWorks as framework? Do we go out to tender? I mean, there's so many moving pieces to it. And there's so many hundreds of homes that need to be addressed. I mean, there's thousands of homes, but within the scope of these grants, there's hundreds and hundreds of homes. And, you know, it, it feels like every day there's some new challenge and the the GLA has come to me and said you know well how do how do we coordinate a pan-london comms program you know we, we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket we're fine keeping two separate programs going but how do you keep the comms going so that every resident understands and we, we do have one beneficial piece in that currently our referral partners into green homes grant for west london are energy savings trust energy savings trust have actually just been commissioned by the gla to do a new energy advice service so i said uh-huh. rather than asking people apply to warmer homes apply to the west london program why don't we just everybody refers everybody to energy savings trust and then based on what borough they're in Energy Savings Trust. Just get them to the right person. They don't need to know that they're applying to the Green Homes Grant as delivered by West London, as led by Ealing, and you know, given to Warmworks or by Retrofit Works, commissioned by the GLA as part of Warm Home. They don't give a shit. They just want to know, is somebody going to fix my broken windows?
0: This is the bit that Alex and I are thinking about. Like internally within WarmWorks, like within uh, the GLA, within the organization, between just the boroughs that are involved in this project, because I presume there are some people that aren't, there needs to be, you need an external perspective to create a a more harmonious solution. It's always the case that we do this in all sorts of different spheres all the time. And with regard to the comms part, I wanted to talk to you about this. This is a separate project that uh, Duncan and I are trying to get together. There is a, Duncan sets up a meeting of the families in uh, Edinburgh (laughs) a little while ago, which was the smaller housing associations, the Scottish only ones, uh, or I think predominantly Scottish ones. Um, and it was a, a way of getting them to sit around a table together and acknowledge that they all have the same problems and they're all trying to resolve the same issues. At the same time, we've been speaking with a, a couple of housing associations who they need to deliver some comms campaigns to go to a couple of different audiences. They recognize they need to be able to speak to their residents and they need to be able to speak to local elected officials <laughs> because they're going to be coming at them with the same kinds of complaints and they need broadly the same, but nuanced answers which convey the same information, which is broadly, look, we know we're all fucked and we all know we need to do better. And these are the things that we're doing and we're doing everything we can, but you need to do it in a variety of ways. But the bit that they neglected to think about was the frontline workers who are having to field all these inquiries. We've got to speak to one of them. Uh, and, the second thing she referenced or mentioned when she got to speak was fielding and in, not inquiries phone calls from people who are threatening suicide already. yeah what are you expecting of your staff? and so what we are proposing to take to the the families is like why don't you all pull what resources you've got and let me and Alex do a research campaign and a com design a comms platform for you all to use like in such a way as you can give it to your marketing department, your PR, uh, your frontline staff, and we can work with you all to generate regionally specific responses and purpose specific responses. And this might be something of value (laughs) for you guys.
1: Yeah, I, I literally had a request this morning. Would I lead the West London energy comms? And could I put together a West London retrofit strategy? And I just kind of went, what the fuck do you think I've been doing for the last two years? <laughs> I'm also like, a little bit like,
2: why, what, what? Because like London cancels. Yeah. London what's...
1: No, and, and that, that was exactly my feedback to them is I just said, who okay, asked you, ta- you Tanya? Uh, oh, I wasn't actually in the meeting. I just got the task. So, um, but but I think this is the challenge in a lot of these programs is everybody wants, you know, oh, well, what's our strategy? What's, it's like, I do we need a strategy just to get on with our strategy is base, give money, spend money. Mm. And, you know, I don't think it's much more complicated than that, but you know, I, I was talking to, to Jeff, certainly about this that I've been trying for a year to put together this demystifying energy efficiency booklet since I started that project, like 12 different similar things have come out that are far better than the piece of crap I've written. So It is about what what Sarah and I were talking about. Why am I reinventing the wheel? These things already exist. Um, But also this is a piece that I should have mentioned earlier what we've been talking about since the beginning of the Energy Sprung Innovation Partnership was cost savings. And back when we were such sweet summer children, we would have said to people, you're going to save three to 500 pounds a year on your energy bills. It's going to be great. Even with the comfort plan, even given us, you know, three or 400 pounds a year, you're still going to see this savings of three to 500 pounds a year. I cannot promise that now no, because no. I don't have a crystal ball. So we have had to completely change how we talk about these programs. It's no longer money savings, it's carbon savings. And and this goes back to what, what Dan and Alice are both saying. How do you help someone who's never thought about carbon savings understand what that means in their life? and it's a bigger piece of you know this this insane idea of the carbon footprint which was invented by the energy companies to try to put the onus back onto individual people rather than corporate you know polluters and and you know it's not coca cola that's co- Completely fucking the world. It's you because you didn't recycle your one Coke you had this week. But it is Coca Cola
2: who is sponsoring Mm -hmm. COP twenty seven, isn't it? Something mental like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but but I think this is the real challenge in our messaging is is saying yes, Coca Cola is fucking the world, and yes, you should recycle your one Coke. But do you need to understand that you're going to get five p back for recycling your Coke? Not that they have it here. I'm from Oregon, um, or that you're going to save five p the next time you go buy it because you take the bottle back, you know. And and so how we have to talk don't about these buy the things. Coke. Well, I don't, I don't drink Coke, but but the whole idea is like how we talk about these things has to change so much and so quickly that that is the comms piece. That that's the real tricky bit. Is it, it is how when do we th-
2: try to get into like really really specific solutions that aren't. Um, sort of, what has to be really distilled is like the first principles bit that doesn't really change, and then the bits that are affected by the externalities. Those are the bits, and you have to make it so that you can change that bit quite easily, so it's mm-hmm. not embedded in stuff that you can't really do. I am actually failing at my own ability to try and put a boundary down. I have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> so we'll see what we can use that last bit. All
2: right. So we'll wrap up now. Um,
0: Final thing. Thank you so much for your time today. That's brilliant. Um, And we'll have you back on. We'll talk more specifically about the procurement stuff another time because that's its own uh, shit show. Uh,
1: It's a real challenge right now to
0: be sure. (laughs) So um, thank you for listening. Um, The last thing, the few asks that we've been dropping in, uh, we'd really like the podcast to reach more people. So if you could rate it, Apparently, five star ratings do make a difference. Please subscribe, uh, same, and share it. Because if you think it's worth listening to, uh, someone you know probably will as well. Also, if you think there's anyone we should be speaking to, email us at zeroambitionspodcastgmail.com. At and last one's join ACAN, uh, join the ACB, advertise with Passive House Plus, or just subscribe. Uh, and if you need any help with anything else, uh, give Alex and me a shout at All right. Brilliant! Cheers.
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Smash there them. You
0: yeah, it's great. We enjoyed that.